You're listening to a Mango Languages podcast. Bonjour. Neho. Welcome back to Adventures in Language. I'm your guide, Caitlin. In this episode of the Science Behind Language Learning, we're talking about cognitive abilities. No two minds work in exactly the same way. Differences in how we focus our attention, learn, remember, and solve problems can affect the way we learn languages. How? Let's find out. Today's episode is part of a set of episodes about the individual factors that influence language learning. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast and be the first to know when new episodes come out. In the previous episode, we talked about language aptitude. If you missed it, go check it out. We've linked it for you in the description. The gist? Some people just seem to have a knack for learning other languages. But as we learned, language aptitude isn't a single ability. Instead, it's made up of several cognitive abilities that all come into play when learning and using a new language. Okay, so what exactly are cognitive abilities? Cognitive abilities are the mental skills that let us pay attention, hold information in memory, reason, solve complex problems, and learn new things. Cognitive abilities develop gradually throughout childhood and early adulthood, and then start to decline as we get older. Though speaking multiple languages has actually been shown to slow down that decline. And while this general pattern holds true for all humans, there's a lot of individual variation from one person to the next. And this has important implications for language learning. Today, we'll focus on how differences in four cognitive abilities could help explain why people are more or less successful at language learning. The four cognitive abilities are working memory, declarative memory, procedural memory, and processing speed. Let's jump in. Okay, so without question, the most widely studied cognitive ability in language learning is something called working memory. You can think of working memory as a kind of mental workspace that lets you temporarily hold information in memory while you do something with it. For example, imagine if someone told you their phone number, but you couldn't put it in your phone right away. You'd probably rehearse the number over and over again in your head, keeping it active in your mind until you finish typing it in. That's your working memory at work. But once that number is in your phone, you can forget about it. No need to convert it to long-term memory. Thank you, digital contact lists. As it turns out, your brain is usually pretty happy to flush out your working memory, since it can only hold so much information. You've probably experienced these limitations at one point or another. For example, have you ever had to go back and read a paragraph in a book multiple times because you kept forgetting what it said? Or forgotten someone's name two minutes after meeting them? These things happen partly because we can only do so much in our mental workspaces. The amount of information you can hold in working memory, how long you can hold it for, and importantly, how effectively you can control the flow of information is what's known as your working memory capacity. Well, hey, all that holding and controlling information in memory might sound familiar if you've ever had a conversation in a second language. Think about it. When you have a conversation, you're trying to make sense of what the other person is saying, which involves remembering what they've already said, paying attention to what they're currently saying, and connecting it with what you already know. This could also involve digging into your long-term memory for the meaning of a word or a verb tense refresher, and thinking about what you're going to say next, all while keeping a running log of the conversation in your head. It's a lot of work. 
And so it comes as no surprise that if you have high working memory capacity, you might be pretty good at language learning. If you're able to keep a lot of language information in your head, you'll have more chances to make comparisons between sounds or identify patterns, which should help you learn them. In fact, the ability to make these comparisons has been shown to help learners notice feedback on their mistakes and use that feedback to improve their grammar knowledge, speaking, and writing. On the other hand, if you're good at focusing your attention, this can help you do things like filter out irrelevant information while listening, or monitor the accuracy of your pronunciation while speaking. Interestingly, learning languages with computers or apps may actually level out the effects of working memory because they allow you to process information on your own time. This means that even if you don't have the best working memory, then an app like Mango could be a great way to learn a new language. Working memory is really helpful for staying on task and handling language input. But language learning also requires saving that input in long-term memory so you can use it later. Two of the most important long-term memory systems in our brains are declarative and procedural memory. These help us learn and remember lots of different things, including language, but do so in different ways. Declarative memory is used for learning and remembering facts and events, like polydactyl cats have six toes, or I studied Japanese this morning with mango languages. When we say that someone has good memory, we're usually thinking about declarative memory. Declarative memory learns quickly and is pretty flexible, and it's usually associated with explicit or conscious learning. Procedural memory, on the other hand, comes into play when learning and remembering motor skills and complex sequences. Think riding a bike or playing the piano. You might think of this as muscle memory. Procedural memory is implicit, which means that we can't explain why we know the things we know. Declarative and procedural memory can actually learn the same things in different ways, and I bet you've experienced this. Picture this. You get a new combination lock for school or the gym. At first, you have the combination written down somewhere, and you check it until you have the numbers memorized. Eventually, you get to the point where you can unlock it without thinking about it. Then one day, your friend asks to borrow your lock. But when you go to write down the combination, you can't remember the numbers. How is that possible? You've been opening that lock every day for the past several months without a problem. So you try instead to open the lock by feel, and voila, you're able to get it open and to figure out the numbers that way. So what's happening here? Well, you use declarative memory to memorize the combination in the first place. But as you practiced opening the lock each day, your muscles started to learn the combination too. That is, your procedural memory hopped on board. In this case, procedural memory is more efficient, so declarative memory takes a back seat, you forget the actual numbers, and, well, you're locked out. When it comes to first language, studies of the brain have shown that we use the declarative memory parts of our brain to store vocabulary, understand meaning, and process explicit language information, while we use procedural memory for automated grammar processing. So while the explicit rule for forming the past tense in English, add ed, is stored in your declarative memory, the ability to use that rule fluently and without thinking about it relies on procedural memory. But when adults learn second languages, things work a bit differently. That fast, flexible, declarative memory learns second language vocabulary, but also grammar, especially in the early stages of learning and in more explicit settings like classrooms. But once learners have had more time to practice and reach higher proficiency, or if learning conditions are more implicit, like in a study abroad context, procedural memory starts to take over for grammar processing. If you've learned a language, especially in a classroom, this trajectory might make sense to you. You may have started off by memorizing chunks like, how are you? Or, 
I like apples. I like mangoes. I like rock and roll. And grammar rules, like in Spanish, the adjective follows the noun. But if you've reached a high enough level of proficiency, you can apply these structures intuitively without thinking about them. To learn more about implicit and explicit second language learning, check out our episode on this topic. As with working memory, people differ in their declarative and procedural memory abilities. Studies show that if you're good at learning and declarative memory, for example, learning arbitrary associations between two things, then you'll probably be pretty good at learning words, and you'll have an advantage in the early stages of grammar learning in any learning context. On the other hand, if you're good at learning in procedural memory, for example, you can master new motor skills quickly, you're likely to be successful in later stages of grammar learning, particularly if the learning conditions are more implicit, like study abroad. Interestingly, procedural memory abilities may not influence how accurately you perform in explicit learning settings, but they may influence how quickly you respond to language-related questions. This brings us to our fourth and final cognitive ability of the episode, processing speed. Processing speed is essentially your speed for thinking, basically how quickly you can perceive, understand, and respond to information. It's related to how well you're able to move things in and out of your working memory, so we'd expect it to be related to language learning. And what does the science say? Well, learners with faster processing speed tend to be faster at learning new sounds, more accurate when recalling recently taught words and phrases, and more fluent overall. However, when it comes to language comprehension, Processing speed doesn't seem to be as important as your vocabulary size or how well you understand grammatical rules, factors which may be more closely tied to declarative memory. Okay, so what do we do with this information? Well, if you know that you have high working memory capacity or strong declarative memory, an explicit approach to learning may be best for you. Do you think your strength lies more in procedural memory? Then skip the textbooks and flashcards and get a lot of input from podcasts or movies or better yet, real-life conversations. And if you think you may not exactly be the Usain Bolt of processing speed, don't worry. You can still try to build your vocabulary and grammar at your own pace to boost your language comprehension. And if you're not sure where your strengths lie, seek out a learning opportunity that works equally well for all learners, like the Mango app. This brings us to the end of our episode. But before we go, let's recap what we've learned. First, cognitive abilities are the mental skills that let us pay attention, hold information in memory, reason, solve complex problems, and learn new things. Today, we talked about four cognitive abilities, working memory, declarative memory, procedural memory, and processing speed. Second, these abilities all differ quite a bit among individuals, and this variation helps explain the wide range of second language learning success. Even if you're a bit weaker in one of these skills, there's a good chance you're stronger in others. And a parting thought, having strong cognitive skills may give you a head start in language learning, but it won't get you to the finish line if you're not motivated to put in the work. In fact, even learners with weaker cognitive skills can become highly proficient if they have enough motivation and put in the effort. Tune into our next episode to learn more about the role of motivation in language learning. If you like this episode and want to stay tuned for more episodes about the science behind language learning, make sure you subscribe to the Adventures in Language podcast. If there's a topic that you want to learn more about, reach out to let us know. Be sure to check out the description for this episode for some free materials on cognitive abilities, including a fun interactive quiz to test your knowledge of the topic. Thanks for listening. Na pita. Bye-bye. Don't miss our next episode in this series, where we'll talk more about motivation, a key factor in second language learning. Next time on The Science Behind Language Learning.